Welcome to another episode of the ABLE podcast. Today, I am so excited because I have Anita here with us. Anita is a psychic medium and author. She recently wrote a book that I have here with me, My Spirit Guides Speak. And I'm so excited to talk to you about all the things. Thanks for having me, Courtney. Yes. I would love if you could just kick us off into a little bit about who you are, and then we can dive into your story. For sure. So I'm a psychic, I'm a medium, I'm a mom, I'm a friend, I'm all those things. So right now I, you know, like I work as a psychic medium in Elmhurst and being a psychic means that I can go past, present and future for you. I think this says, it says this on my website. I always joke. It's like, just because I can go past, present, future for you doesn't mean that I can read your mind or that I know what you had for breakfast or anything like that. I'm also a medium, which means that I can connect with people on the other side. I don't really know how my gift works. I just connect with people through their first name. And people always ask me like, you know, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know how I do that. I just do it. But again, I'm also a mom, a a wife and a sister, a daughter, all that kind of stuff. So that's who I am in short. Yeah. So many things. I almost like hate putting labels on people because we are so many different things. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you? You're like, I'm all of these things. <laughs> all the things yeah. in your childhood. Did you ever feel spiritually connected? I did. So I grew up a uh, Sicilian and I say that because all the Sicilians out there will laugh when I say this, but I grew up <laughs> Sicilian Catholic, right? My grandparents yeah. were off the boat. My two uncles were born in Italy. My dad was the only one born here. But um, having said that, if I did have a gift, I did, but it would have never been recognized or, you know, it never would have been, you know, massaged or given credit to or anything like that. So I didn't know what I was feeling or seeing, but it was always there. Like I used to see spirits all the time in my house. And then one day I just told God, at the time was my God. And I said, I, um, I don't want to see it anymore. Like take it away. It scares me. I don't want to see it anymore. And I really didn't see spirits again for a long time, but eventually it came back because I asked it to. And then, but all all the time it's like, you know, people say like, Oh, I had this intuition or this gut feeling and I don't follow it. You know, that's not always just the gut. Sometimes that is the gift. And Mm -hmm. so I did have that as a kid. My, my parents were awful with their money. And me as like a 10 year old going like, you know, you should do this, this and this with your money. Like, I wouldn't even know that about finance, but I would say things like that. But this was never looked at um, upon as like a psychic ability. But now when I look back, you're like, did I feel this or have this in childhood? A hundred percent. I could see it across the board, but it was just never recognized. Mm-hmm. Did you ever talk to your parents about it and like express to them how you're feeling? Nope, never did. I was a very private person. I, you know, I wrote a lot. So a lot of stuff went into a journal and I just didn't share because my household wasn't very much like a household that they wanted to support and for you to succeed because they were Mm -hmm. held back. So they keep you where they're at so that they feel more comfortable. So I never really, I I don't, I can't even tell you that I thought to go tell my parents or talk to them about it. They found out when I came out as an Mm -hmm. adult 
And, you know, I was going to write the book because there's a couple things in my book in the beginning that was information about my parents. And I was like, well, I guess I should tell them so they don't read it and <laughs> find out that way. Yeah, totally. Throughout your life, you push this down. And then when in your adult life did the lid explode? My editor asked me that question because she wanted to understand. I'm like, there's no one thing that happened that was the catalyst for me to be like, oh, you know, I think it was just little things that happened. And then me looking back and being like, oh, so, you know, a lot of times in high school, I'm an empath, so I can feel other people's feelings. And I didn't know that that was a gift. And you have that as well, you know, so Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this was a gift until I, until I figured this all out. But when my girlfriends would talk to me about their home life, or if they were talking to me about their boyfriend that cheated on them, I would write poetry. And I would write it as if I were them. And I would give it to them just to help them express themselves. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was feeling or thinking or whatever. And, but I didn't know, like, I thought that was a writing gift. I didn't think that that was a spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one big thing. And then another thing with the other side was my, I used to take my son to, uh, my oldest son to a, a babysitter. Her daughter had a stillborn baby. And she told me this and I didn't really know the daughter. And so immediately I went into mode, what I call now like channeling. Mm -hmm. And I started writing a letter in poetry form to the mom and dad from the child. And I didn't know some of the things and I never kept it. Like I wish I would have kept a copy of it, but it wasn't for me. It was for them. I gave it to the babysitter and I said, I don't know if you want to give this to your daughter, but I think it will help. And and then I'm like thinking that's kind of morbid what I just did. (laughs) It's, It's a little sick. Um, but I'm like, if it brings them peace then I, and I felt like this calling to do that. So she gave yeah. it to the, to, to her and, um, I said things in there and I didn't realize that I said it, that only the two parents knew they didn't even tell the mom. So it did bring them a lot of peace. So when I was like 28, my girlfriend said, you want to go see a psychic? I'm like, yeah, great. I would love to go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, went there and she was telling me stuff and I'm like, yeah, but I see this like this, or, you know, I see this too. Like, does everybody see this? Like, you're not really telling me things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, sweetie, go home and call me tomorrow. She goes, you go home and think about it and call me tomorrow. So that, that if there is a catalyst, was me going to see a psychic and realizing at that moment that I had those gifts too. And then yeah. it was a journey from there. That's awesome. And then, so you fit, you go to the psychic, you figure this stuff out. Was there a journey mm-hmm. between figuring that out and then opening your own um, yeah. for your higher good. Right. So it, the journey, so this is, this is the crazy part is that, um, and I've learned this and I, I, I did this blindly, not knowing what I was doing, but I preach this to everybody. Now, when you feel a pull, when you want to do something or say something, and you really don't know why, like, even if it is the most ridiculous thing ever, for instance, I, in my dining room, there's no space for another table and two chairs for whatever reason, for some reason I felt called to put that table on two chairs in the in the dining room my husband's like what the hell are you doing this is ridiculous and and I'm like I have to have everything balanced when I'm looking at it and it was not balanced and I'm like I know but I I don't know why I have to do this I just I don't know why I just have this pull to do it so I did it and I can't tell you the correct time frame I'd be making it up but let's just call it a month later I was doing readings out of my living room and that's why that table and two chairs had to be there. Right. And everybody has, you know, and everybody has this intuition or this natural gut pull, but sometimes when you're just not, people just have to trust it. So I just trusted that 
guidance, whatever you want to call it. You know, mm-hmm. now I know that it's my spirit guides, but, um, but you have to trust that guidance. And I did. And my job, my, my corporate job got very uncomfortable. It like hurt my skin and I hated being there. I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. I even went back to school. I didn't go to college right out of high school because I had to go to work, but I went back to college to get my degree in psychology. And I think that was another thing that added because I'm like, yeah, I know this stuff. I don't need to read this in a book. Like, I don't know why I took psychology. Like, that was dumb of me to do. So I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't want to be a psychologist. And I'm so glad that that didn't happen because I wouldn't be able to swear and I wouldn't be able to tell the (laughs) complete truth the complete truth about things. So I'm so glad that, you know, there's a sidecar to psychology. But anyway, so I felt that pull. I felt like I didn't think much about it. I try not to think when I feel that pull, I don't think because Mm -hmm. when you think you bring in anxiety and fear, right? Then you start questioning yourself. Then the imposter syndrome comes in. All this other stuff starts happening on the side. So when I feel that pull, I trust it. And I just like put my blinders on and go forward so that I don't get sidetracked with all the human stuff. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened. I drove past a building. There was a for rent sign. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And so went and got the place and haven't looked back since. That I found you through Google and you're very, you have very great SEO. It's very easy to find you on Google <laughs> and you have perfect ratings. Everyone loves you. And my experience when I first went to see you, it was, it was um, me, my mom and my sister and all you asked for was first names. And I thought that was so interesting. So I'd love to, for you to share like your process of a reading. Yeah. So you're right. And I don't know how I knew how to do that either, but for some reason, and you know, there's a million Courtney's in this world, right. But yeah. for some reason, when I asked for the first name, it's like a telephone connection, a cord that takes, you know, my energy and connects it to your energy and our spirit guides work together and whatever's supposed to come through comes through. So I asked for your first name. I always give people what number day it is in numerology because numbers hold energy and people have to wait sometimes two months to get in to see me, but I'm like, just trust the process. You're coming in on the correct day. I promise you, you're coming in on the correct day. And that day will represent certain things, you know, like a number three day will be all about spirituality and Trinity and those kinds of things. And a four day is all about balance, right? And stability structure. And so if you come in on those days, then I read that information to you. So you know why the universe wanted you there. And it a hundred percent matches up in some way in your life. And then I just start writing. I just, I don't know if you want to call it channeling or intuitive writing or whatever, but I just like, I say this thing where I ask my spirit guides to give me the information that's going to help you for your highest good. Rather that's me being a cheat sheet for you. Rather, that's me answering a question for you. Rather, that's us going back to your past and clarifying something for you to bring you peace. And things come out. I don't really know what it is. It's there's words that I write or there's short phrases that I write. And I don't really understand them until you and I start talking about it. And then it becomes like a counseling session mm-hmm. as I'm reading that to you. And at the very bottom is a message. I stop my spirit guides and I say, okay, now give me a direct message for Courtney. And then there's a message that's there that sometimes doesn't make sense right away either, but I always write it down and share it. Yeah, it was so wonderful. And I had gotten a reading a couple months after that too. And even then like same process, but the messages were so different. Yeah. And I, and this is something that, I mean, I think you know this, but I don't retain people's information. So I had to talk to you multiple times as a person Mm -hmm. before I could retain and recall your past and why you were there. 
because I feel like if I hold on to information, my brain, I mean, I'm still human at the end of the day, my brain's going to explode. And it helps me give a raw reading every time. So even mm-hmm. if you see me five times, and I don't remember that your cousin died, and we spoke to her last time, maybe she shows up again in a different way, and you get a different message. So it's good to have that raw reading every time, you know what I mean? Yeah just an example of something you wrote the first time I went in that I, I think I talked to you about it afterwards. You wrote like music is going to help heal me. And I just thought that was like the funniest thing ever because I played clarinet in fourth grade. And I was like, Anita, there is no way that that is going to happen. I am literally musically challenged. And now here I am a certified sound healer. And I just thought that that was so crazy. And, and I'm telling you, so my human mind will argue with my spiritual mind. So I remember you like looking at me like I was crazy when I told you that you're like, mm-hmm. no, not happening. I can't sing. I can't whatever. And I'm like, okay, just wait. It'll show itself to you because, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, she's going to learn to play the piano or something. My human mind wanted to go there, but spirit always knows better than us. I'm so proud of you and so excited for you that you're doing the sound healing and that I'm having you at my house. For an event. I know That's I can't wait. So and then as you were saying, like the message that you write at the end, I mean, that ties directly into your book. Right. One of my favorite things we can talk about this. I, I have your book right here. I love to just like flip through and mm-hmm. pick a message. It's funny. Cause I do that too. Sometimes where I'll flip through the book and see a message, but I actually, today when I flipped through the book, it went to and I thought it was crazy because I was doing this with you and you have your own story. So this is kind of awesome. But I flipped through the book today and I was like, okay, just give me a message for whatever I'm doing with Courtney today. And it didn't go to a message. It, I, I made cards as well that I don't sell. I just made them for myself, but I put some of them in the book and the, and the card says, do not waste time playing the victim when there are available roles for the hero. And I felt like that just was you, right? Like, so I oh was God. like, that's so cool. But, because that's who she is become, you know, from victim to hero. And I just thought that was cool. So yeah, so your whole thing about flipping through and finding a message at work. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember writing my book. <laughs> and I don't, I, and I never read through the entire thing after I wrote it. It's like that pool, you know, like I was called to do something, I did my duty, and then I let it go. You know, like I mm-hmm. just, I, I'll go back and read it eventually. Um, and I do flip through it sometimes. I read the first part of my book, because I wanted to make sure that my story was correct, that I wasn't that part was correct. So I did read that part, but the messages and gone through that, I, I, I don't remember because I feel like I was channeling during that time and it only took me less than three months to write it. So, yeah, but I do believe in it. And I know that the, me- mm-hmm. and like the message that I read, I a hundred percent back and yeah, um, I feel like it could be very helpful to people. Yeah. It's more, it's much more of like a tool rather than a book to like sit down and really yeah. like digest, which I think is really cool. Cause I love books like that yeah it's like pulling a card every day it's like an oracle deck except it's in book form (laughs) yeah exactly and then also you now do meditations and the end you did a healing circle and I just thought that was the coolest thing I've never been a part of anything like that do you do that for all of your meditations I do because I feel like again that connection we have to be heard that you said something in your intro uh, to this podcast about opening the throat chakra. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly right. People need to open their throat chakra to speak their truth, right. To, to be heard, to be validated. And so many people are shushed, right. 
Mm-hmm. Rather, they're shushed at work, they're shushed at home, they're shushed as a child, whatever it is, they've been shushed. And nobody should be shushed. So I feel like it's a safe space. You know, after you do the meditation, people kind of like, there's a different level of trust, right? They come mm-hmm. in, they don't know what to expect, they're a little nervous. But at the end of the meditation, there's a little bit of more trust. And so I feel like it's very important for, you know, and I always prompt them what we're going to talk about. It's not just random stuff. As soon as that first person goes, it kind of gives the rest of the people permission to speak. You could say something that makes no sense to us, but you feel better. You feel validated. And guess what? Then you're not carrying that around for the next week. And you're a much better person. You're a better mom. Mm -hmm. You're a better wife. You're a better friend. You're better to yourself because you were heard because you're validated. And so I think those healing circles are probably the most important important part of the meditation. It's kind of like, I think I do the meditation to pull people in. That's the carrot. But what I really Mm -hmm. look forward to is that, is that at the end when they're able to share. Yeah. It's like such a safe space. I loved it so much. Yeah. And there's no judgment. I feel like, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I always preach to. Like I, you could tell me that you murdered somebody. And while that might not be acceptable to society, I will never judge you, you know, judge mm-hmm. you as a person for that. Like we'll dig into it. I tell people like this all the time, like the, the mom, you know, if, you, if a kid is a murderer, that mom can't stop loving that kid. They did mm-hmm. something that was not good, but they can't stop loving that kid. And I want people to feel that unconditional love when they're mm-hmm. in my presence and I want them to give it to each other. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so mm-hmm. that, is a no judgment. When I say safe, that's what I mean is like, you are accepted by all of us. There is no judgment. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. Um, And people need that because they don't get it enough. Meditating is amazing. Do you meditate every day? I do. Some of them are, you know, longer meditations and some of them are shorter, but I really feel like I have to connect to the universal consciousness. And I don't even know beyond the universe, right? I always feel like I have to connect to that to do good in this lifetime, you know, that you have to be a part of it. Cause I'm not just here for me. I'm here for you and other people. Mm-hmm. And you're not just here for you. You're here for other people. So we have to connect every single day. So even if I'm in a rush and I have my normal human life and I'm like, I can't do this. I will sit in my car and close my eyes, take a couple deep breaths and connect at least once every day. That's good. I need, I need to be better at that. I really like, and maybe it's like the having the small kids, but it's, I only have a certain oh, yeah. time in the day. And, and do it while you're going to bed or do it before you, you put your feet on the floor in the morning. I mean, all you have to do is close your eyes and connect to the, to the universal consciousness. Say, mm-hmm. you know, my intention right now is to clear my energy and to connect and to be my best person today. And, um, and that's all you can ask of yourself. And then, and yeah. then be, on, be on your way. It doesn't have to be this sexy, like one hour yeah. meditation, you know? Speaking of clearing your energy, you just come in, you, I mean, we talked, you're an empath and so am I, you come in contact with so many people all the time, especially dealing with heavy things. How do you protect your own energy? So that's something that I put in my book. Like people always say the word protect, but I grew up against Sicilian Catholic. Right. And so I felt Mm -hmm. like religion and I'm not against religion, so don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. I feel like religion caps our greatness or our goodness or our God out. Right. Like I want to open that ceiling and just let's really see what's out there. So protection in the sense that the religion puts it, you know, like there's something to fear. I don't Mm -hmm. believe that there's something to fear. I feel like the universe is constantly looking for balance. And so what we consider good and bad are just polarities, right? They're just, you have to have one to have the other, and then we're supposed to find the balance, right? And so having said that, I don't believe in a protection. Mm -hmm. Um, I just believe in 
boundaries, right? Yeah. And so you're like, how do we get those boundaries? I always think of it as like a suitcase. If I go to the airport and we're traveling together, I'm not going to carry your luggage. Like, no, thank you. You know, you're going to carry your own luggage and I'm going to carry mine. But I'm going to see you carry your luggage. I'm going to hear it rolling on the floor, but I'm not going to carry it. So that's Mm -hmm. how you have to think of like this boundary between other people. I need to sit in the chair and hear some woman tell me that she lost her child and not take on those feelings because then I'm not effective. Then I'm not able to do my job. It doesn't mean that I'm not sad for her. It doesn't mean that I don't feel her loss, but I can't pick up that baggage for her. I just have to watch her roll it. And Mm -hmm. so it's really a mental thing. How do you do it? It's mental. If you're reminding yourself, you're telling yourself, no, you have to watch this. You need to be a witness. You don't need to be the participant. You just need to watch, listen. And so you can do your job. Do you ever use like sage or anything like that? Yeah, I do. I sage my house. If there's bad juju in my house, you know, let's say some family members or whatever, (laughs) then I, uh, I always, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stage the house. The kids are like, oh, it's so-and-so here. I'm like, yep, you know, because I will clear the energy because it doesn't like dispel, you know, it's, it's not like a magic where it just gets rid of bad energy. But what it does is that when energy piles on top, you know, like if you walk mm-hmm. into a room and there's like a bunch of negative people, you feel that right away, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be an empath to feel that. You just sense that heavy energy. Uh, it's the same thing. So it's heavy because it's condensing, condensing, condensing and getting, you know, closer and closer together. What the stage does is it breaks through it. And then through opening the windows and mm-hmm. pushing it out, um, you know, you're getting, you're breaking up that energy and not letting it stack on top of each other and pile up. Totally. So yeah, I, I use that all the time. And Palo Santo is really good too for mm-hmm. low vibration. It kind of raises the vibration a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just started using Palo Santo. It's, it smells it's really great. good too. Yeah, it's, and if you don't like sage, the way sage smells, sage really well, and then take the Palo Santo afterwards just for that alone because it just smells so, I don't know, spiritual. That's the smell. Yeah. You also, I've noticed, have been dipping a lot into like human design, which I think is so cool. And you're doing like workshops and stuff now. So if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So my passion or my purpose in this lifetime, I don't know that it's hundred percent to be a psychic, right? But I do know that it's to help other people to empower other people. When I see a gift or something in someone, I want to raise them up. You know, like I want to bring them to their best self because we need that. That's part of the evolution is lifting people up. You know, we're all healers in some way, shape or form, and we need to shine some lights on that. So I was like, how am I going to do this? And we started having, so I started doing a couple of classes did a couple of retreats with some friends and then Jen Reed came into my life and she's uh she's like a whiz like she's so like she can learn something so quickly it's amazing to me but anyway she was really good in astrology and so we were talking about it and then we were talking about human design and I'm like you know astrology tells you the why of who you are and then human design tells you deeper into that the why and how you are who you are right and I'm like if people understood what makes them up Um, You know, human design is a stamp of the energy coming into the earth at the exact moment you're born. So it's like a blueprint. It tells you how your energy should be flowing. And if you're like, man, I keep running into this block in my life, or I keep hanging out with these kind of people in my life over and over again, this is a, a negative pattern I'm seeing. It's probably because you're going against your energy flow instead of with it. And so what the human design chart does is shows you your natural state, your natural, how you should be flowing. 
And um, it's a lot of information. You can't learn it overnight. It's a lot of difficult and hard information because for however old you are, you go through your whole life doing something one way and then you look at this piece of paper and it says, sorry, you've made a mistake. I mean, some, some of those things are okay, but some of them are tough, are, are tough ones, right? And it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to process. So, so yeah, we do a five-month course on that. Where And because it's five months, because you come once a month, we do the class, we do the teaching. Um, I do readings with people so that we can make sure that we're psychically moving them in the right direction and taking care of their emotions as, and, and as well as teaching them the actual information. And you have to have time to process each, each thing that we're teaching. And so, um, and as a homework night during that month too, so you can come and take time to do the homework. And then we do the fast forward mo- one where it's, you know, a weekend long, it's more of like a retreat, but I don't want to call it a retreat because it is a workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can do it that way as well. There's a lot that goes into it. You really learn how you should be eating, how you, how your emotions work and how you should be responding to your environment, how you should be exercising or how you should be making friends. Uh, it, a lot of stuff is in there and we have these channels in, in our body, right? And the, the channels that are open or not completed are searching for that completion. And that's how we make our connections with people is that they have those channels that finish us and so it's really interesting when you like pull you know your partner's uh human design chart or your kid's human design chart and you put them together you're like oh my gosh yeah they do complete this for me I do need this from them um so it's really fascinating and again the more you know about yourself the more you can do in this life Wait, that's so interesting. I've only dipped my toe into human design like I don't really know much but I have looked um at my chart um, Chris's and Harper's and Piper's. And, um, I was looking at all of our numbers and we each had like a similar number that, but in different placements. And I thought that was right. so interesting. Yeah. Yes. And some of those, so the black ones are your subconscious and the red ones, or maybe I'm mixing that up, but there's two colors. The channels are black and red. And mm-hmm. so one of them is your unconscious, right? This is mm-hmm. like, starts from 88 days prior to you being born. Okay. And this is like your subconscious, your unconscious. And then the red one is your conscious life. So sometimes you're doing or, or acting a certain way consciously, and sometimes you're doing it unconsciously. But if you can see the unconscious, then you can start to be aware of it. And that's where change comes in. Jen and I were talking the other day about fate and destiny and all that. And people are like, well, if my, if my horoscopes or, you know, if my uh, astrology chart says this, which is with the planets, like that's, that's the exact placements of the planets at the moment of your life. And then it's stamped, right? And then human design mm-hmm. is the energy that's stamped. They're like, well, if I look at my human design chart and my astrology chart, then this is my fate. This is where I'm going. And it's like, no, it's just a blueprint. You know, a blueprint can be of a house. And I, they can all look the same on the outside, but you're going to knock a wall down because you need a bigger kitchen. The other person is going to change the basement into a party room because they're more social, right? And Mm -hmm. so the houses are always going to look, you have free will. So Mm -hmm. your free will dictates your blueprint, you know, the the final, the final version of your blueprint, right? So um, that's just there to be a guideline to tell you how you are or what your norm is. And then if you want to change or evolve or do something differently, then you can see where you can do that and how you can do it. Yeah. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I could talk about that forever, but do you have any, (laughs) 
Yeah. Do you have any courses coming up for that? Or are you booked now in the middle of one? Yeah. So we're going to, uh, so right now we're finishing up one. And again, it is a five month course. So then the next one will start in March of 2023. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, you know, you could always check my website. I always have events. I do a free meditation every month to give back in uh, October. I'm going to be doing a free meditation for um, people who have cancer. I think that's oh, very that's important. So cool. that we do yeah. So Jen and I are going to, I'm going to do a meditation with them and do healing work for them so that I can do mm-hmm. energy work, kind of help them. So yeah, there's always something on the events page. There's little, and you don't have to take the whole human design course. If, if financially that doesn't suit you, or if you're just like, I don't know if I want this, we're going to hold a couple of what is human design classes. And they will be about 45 minutes to an hour and a half long, depending on Q and A. And we'll answer all those questions for people. So you can see if it's your flavor, if you're ready to dip your toes in it. And then there'll be little classes like, what does the gate of fear mean? Right. And you don't have to learn all about human design, but you can learn about the gate of fear. So Mm -hmm. we'll splash it with a couple like fun things. If you can't take the whole entire course. Yeah. That's so cool. Are there any other different courses that you're working on right now? Yeah. So we're, we're starting to do like small retreats where it's almost like we'll give you a menu and you can pick the things that you wanted to retreat. You get a couple friends and then we create the t- retreat for you because I feel like, oh, cool. especially after COVID, it's um, people need to be back in contact and we need to have positive contact with one another. And it's like getting mm-hmm. back into that group setting and it's a little smaller, um, you know, more intimate. So uh, we will hold weekend retreats or even a day retreat. If you're like, hey, me and my five girlfriends and my 10 girlfriends want to get together and do something that's not sitting at a bar drinking or, you know, whatever, then mm-hmm. then we'll create that retreat for you. That's really cool. Because I feel like a lot of people are craving something a little deeper. Yeah. People are looking for their people. And it's like the spiritual group was all the woo-woo hippies, right? Like nobody mm-hmm. wanted, they're like, oh, they're the weirdos, right? But now those weirdos are our norm. That's what yeah. people are seeking. So we're just trying to streamline it and make it less woo-woo and more accessible to the public and not so woo-woo, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like the first time I brought up sound healing to Chris, he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he just went yeah. to a conference in California and he was like, Courtney, they were offering sound healing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. it's like a really great thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always tell people sound healing is like, if you take a gong and you chew some gum and you stick the gum on the gong, you hit the gong a few times and it vibrates, right? And then mm-hmm. the gum loosens up a little bit. You hit it again, it loosens up. You keep hitting it until the gum falls off, but it's falling off, not because you picked it off, but because the vibration pulled, you know, like uh, pushed mm-hmm. it off. And that's kind of what sound healing does. A, it tunes up your body naturally, right? With the vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also takes off all that energy junk that's, that's been stuck on you from yeah. your environment, from your relationships, from your thoughts, right? It kind of just like takes that off for you. It's so, so I'm so, so excited you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like meditation yeah. on another level. It really like balances yeah, all your chakras. It sure does. Yeah. And so you're right. So companies are starting to offer this. Like I've done um, where I've gone for schools. They've asked me to come in and do meditation for the school where I've done eight periods in a row and mm-hmm. the football players, the basketball players, they're showing up, they're coming to those things. And even for like companies, I've gone in and done meditation, even another company, uh, you know, like a huge company called me in and I did um, uh, Oracle readings for, for them. And it's just like, oh, how cool. open to this. Yeah. They see the benefit of it. It's not, we're a bunch of witches with the cauldron. You know? mm-hmm. It's not what we're doing, 
it is for, you know, raising the vibration of humanity. Like that's what we're here to do is lift each other up to evolve. And so what you're doing is exactly that. Yeah. Let's just touch on the world for a second. Since you're so tapped in to like collective energies and you feel that there is so much going on in the world. People are talking about spirituality more than I have ever heard. I would love to know like your thoughts and what you believe is happening. Yeah, I believe the awakening is happening, right? It's always been happening, but it's been happening Mm -hmm. in slow motion. And then the universe is like, let's speed this up a little bit. So that's what's kind of happening. And I feel like COVID was probably a catalyst for that. It starts to separate people. It starts to make people ask questions. It actually brings to the front, what are your values? What do you believe in and what do you don't believe in? Because you've been hiding that all this time. But now COVID is Mm -hmm. smacking your face and people are choosing a side, right? And there's no right or wrong side with COVID, but I'm just saying it's bringing, it's like a catalyst for us to start asking questions. Same thing with this Roe versus Wade. I mean, it had to happen. It's Mm -hmm. not a good thing in my opinion, but it had to happen because Mm -hmm. it's making people ask themselves what they believe and don't believe in. And all this time we've just followed, you know, we haven't said much. We've just gone along with it. Right. We've been Mm -hmm. just blindly led. Right. And now we're having to wake up and say, "Mm, excuse me, no, thank you. Or yes, I do. Right. Yeah. So I really feel again, there's no bad or good that's happening in the world. There's just, the universe is seeking balance and evolution. And sometimes that doesn't feel good. And Mm -hmm. these things that we consider bad or crazy or whatever have to happen in order for us to rebalance and evolve. In my opinion, not, not truth, right? Just my opinion. I see it. And that's interesting that you say that too, because it's like everyone has their own opinion. And then we also have to find a balance of respecting everyone else too. And having like meaningful conversations instead of like screaming at each other. (laughs) I, that, that is Courtney, if people start splashing all this negativity when something happens and it's like, there's always another side Mm -hmm. and we don't have to agree. Right. But we have to respect the other person. You know, you Mm -hmm. have, I'm not saying you, but one person will have a reason for agreeing with Roe versus Wade. And one person will have a very valid, good reason for not believing in, you know, mm-hmm. what's happening. It doesn't mean one person's right or wrong. It just means what's right for you is right for you. And what's right for them mm-hmm. is right for them. And we just, you got to be kind. It's a, it's a silly phrase, but I buy t-shirts all the time. that just says be kind because people need to remember that like you are not right. It is just your truth. It is just yeah. your reality, not mine, you know? your story is amazing. And just listening to you and, um, I hope it opens people's minds too to just like spirituality as well. Where can people find you? You can always find me, um, on my website, which is www.foryourhiregood.com. Um, or you can just Google for your higher good.com. It'll show up. I'm in Elmhurst. Be happy to set up an appointment with you. And when you come to me and you know this, Courtney, like I'm not Mm -hmm. the last person you'll see, like, I'm not a person that's like, oh, come see me. I will help your life. It's like, Mm -hmm. let me be the catalyst to break in there and get you going. And then I'll also have other people that I will give you to. Um, I do that all the time. I have social workers in my back pocket. I have therapists. I I hold on to people and I pass you on. Like I, everybody needs something different and I'm not just going to keep you to myself because that's not what I'm here Mm -hmm. for. I'm here to like, make sure that you're getting the help that you actually need and progressing the way you need to progress. So um, it's not just the reading you'll get, you'll get other things when you come. Yeah, that is so true. 
And another thing to add on the reading that I had with you is at the end of it, the second reading, after we discussed everything I had been through, you were like, you should go see a therapist because I am not going to have the answers for you on how to navigate this within your life. And I was like, yeah, that's good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I could spiritually support you, but I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I didn't become the psychologist because they don't let me swear and I can't tell the whole (laughs) truth without somebody signing a paper. So um, I'll send you to the psychologist, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, go check her out. She's amazing. And check Courtney out because she's amazing. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Courtney. I appreciate it. Thank you.